What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com here in my, my home office. But occasionally I step out. Occasionally I go do stuff. And this is a different kind of story about an interview I did out on the road. Now, some of you who follow Fightful and, and my social media may remember earlier this year when I tweeted a website design by a little girl in Kentucky named Whitney who spoke about how important Becky Lynch was to her, how much that uh, Becky Lynch motivated her. Well, that was sent to me by a, a friend from my hometown who became a teacher and, and noticed it and sent it my way and said, hey, I just thought this was, this was kind of cool. I know you cover wrestling. Well, I tweeted out a picture of that design and Becky Lynch actually got back to the girls. The girl had admittedly been bullied a lot for loving pro wrestling. Really, anybody who grew up a pro wrestling fan, you can, you can relate to that. You know what that's like. Becky Lynch was as deep into character on social media as she could possibly be. Her header even said, nothing but work gets done here because of all the people who got hurt feelings about her social media. However, I posted that, uh, that design and Becky Lynch actually wrote back sent a message to the girl, said that it warmed her heart and that she'll see the girl in the ring. I was also sent this reaction video of Whitney finding out that Becky sent her this message. Mr. Staggs, is that your computer science teacher? Mm-hmm. He called and said that a friend of his who used to work for WWE or knows people in WWE seen your website and he screenshot it and put it on Twitter and tagged Becky in it, and she retweeted him back and said, warms my heart too. And now there's been over 400 retweets of your website on Twitter. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know what to think. Now, in the hours, days that followed, uh, Whitney's brother, Christian, reached out to me and struck up a friendship with me. And I said, you know what? I'm pretty sure if she ever wants to get into a wrestling school or she ever wants to try out grappling, I bet I know some people in that area and I could, I could kind of help get those wheels in motion. And then Christian says to me, well, my dad is Chris Michaels, a pro wrestler from this area. And I was like, wait, I, I know who Chris Michaels is. He's wrestled in WCW, he's been in WWF, TNA, he's done a lot of stuff. He recently even wrestled uh, for Impact on a Twitch show. And since this has all happened, he's actually appeared at the WWE Performance Center as a guest coach. So needless to say, little Whitney's got her foot in the door already if she wants it. But I was like, you know what? I want to interview Chris Michaels. I want people to hear the Chris Michaels story. And it's far from the entire story. This is a very interesting man. He's seen a lot of everything. He's wrestled a lot of different styles, a lot of different places, and for a lot of different people. And uh, he didn't disappoint. However, uh, my audio skills did disappoint a little bit. My recorder didn't work the first few minutes of this, so you're going to get camera audio. Don't worry, it kicks on midway through the interview. Another cool part about this story, a few weeks after I interviewed Chris Michaels, his daughter Whitney finally got to meet Becky Lynch, who had inspired her. And based on... What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. Here with the man, Chris Michaels. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Now, I mean, 
people know your name. You've been a little bit everywhere. You've been wrestling a long time. You got experience in WWE and TNA. You've, you've done performance center guest spots. You're all over the place. Uh, what motivates you to get in the ring, and what is it the same thing that motivated you to first get in the ring? Well, you know, um, I started professional wrestling. I was 16 years old, yeah. and now I'm 46. It's been 30 years. I uh, never dreamed I would still be performing today, especially at the level that I think that yeah. I still perform at. Um, I thought by now I would uh, already have the mansion on the hill and a <laughs> uh, white picket fence and all that and be retired by now. But uh, to be honest and to tell you the truth, if I still, uh, if I physically couldn't perform today, I would be pretty sad and upset because I still have the same passion that I do since day one. I love hearing my music. I love walking through that curtain, and I love performing in front of all the fans still to this day. And um, as of right this second, I don't see an end in sight. So awesome. um, we'll just carry on and see what the future holds. Now, your, your day one was well before the landscape we know now. No internet, no, like, a lot of that content isn't easily accessible. Sometimes you got to send tapes to people. Sometimes you got to rely on word of mouth. How have you seen the landscape change uh, to benefit you or maybe even detract from what you're trying to do? Well, um, I will say this. What, what's been different is um, as far as social media goes, uh, you get clips and you see mm -hmm. people putting their shows or clips of matches and all there. It's really easy to uh, get your name out there, which a lot of guys are getting booked and signed just uh, based on what's said about them or seen about them on the Internet. Uh, back in the day, you know, you did have to send tapes in to certain people or videos and uh, with like a little resume and say, hey, here's me, here's some of my matches. Uh, that's how a lot of guys got signed back then. But now, um, and, and another thing is, uh, it's just getting out there and traveling and going to different shows. Uh, a lot of the young guys, they're wanting to get noticed and get experience and exposure, um, which is knocking a lot of guys like me out of work. Yeah, sure. Uh, they're going on their own free dime. Mm -hmm. They're working these shows. They're not getting paid. Yeah. But they're doing it for the exposure, and I don't blame them one bit. If you have the money to cover your own travel and hotel and flight and all that, to go to a certain show to be seen by a certain promoter, I say go for it. Uh, but uh, that, that's how you get seen now is to get out there and travel travel the roads, um, which me, I, I get a booking. I'm like, how much can you pay me? Sure. So, you know, it, Time is sad for, for me, you. but good for them. Yeah. Good for the young guys today. They can use social media and all that mm -hmm. as um, an outlet for exposure and get seen today. I know in the early 90s, there was another man by the name of Chris Michaels who did some TV spots. Did you ever run into any market confusion there, so to speak? Well, yeah, I'd heard about this guy. I've never met him, didn't know him. But uh, somebody, uh, I think it might be Wikipedia or something, yeah. uh, has mine and his stats yeah. all oh. mixed up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. on if you go to the cage match database or whatever. Yeah. It, it would act like one guy has worked nonstop, like, throughout all of it. Yeah. Well, it, well with, with him, is um, all, all these matches in New York and New Jersey. Yes, the and, Northeast. And then it said I was from somewhere else, but then yeah. it had, then it would say, um, 
my stuff from yeah. Nashville and it had um, you wrestling in like Long Island and Nashville the same yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I don't know that guy. I've never yeah. seen none of his stuff, and I I personally didn't know there's another guy named Chris Michaels until uh, somebody said uh, hit me up and said, "Hey, when did you wrestle in Long Island?" Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't lately. So it was fairly recently, right? Or was it like the past few years ago? Yeah, wow! Like not horribly long sure, ago. Sure, sure. But but well after like the well after the advent of the internet, I guess. So you hadn't heard about this in the '90s as it was happening. No, no. no. Okay. So uh, I mentioned you, you appeared a little bit everywhere. You you appeared in OVW. I had seen an interview that you did where you you talked about how you kind of favored a guy like Shelton Benjamin over the Brock Lesnar's, Batista's, Randy Orton's, and John Cena's. Is there a particular reason for that? Because I know you did uh, plenty of work with him. Yeah, well, um, I had a partner named Sean Casey. Yeah. Uh, I wrestled with him in the early 90s and some Kentucky stuff up this way. We used mm-hmm. to wrestle in uh, Georgetown, Georgetown, Kentucky yeah. every Sunday. And that's where I met Sean, and uh, we did a lot of tag stuff and worked with each other there. Well, this was right when OVW started, the end of 99 into 2000. And Sean hit me up, and he's like, hey, you need to give um, Jimmy Cornette a call. He's like, he's got this OVW, this TV, and uh, developmental. And so, which I'd worked for Jim Cornette in Smoky Mountain days. Sure. Uh, he gave me a slight push. Um, I got to work with uh, Robert Gibson. Ricky Morton was out of the picture. I got to be one half of the Rock and Roll Express one night against <laughs> the Heavenly Bodies yeah. for the Smoky Mountain tag titles. That was, that was an awesome experience. But anyway... Cornette and know me for forever, and so I hit Jimmy up and I'm like, "Hey, I'm interested in coming to OVW." Well, my first night in, my first TV match in, um, I worked with Sean Casey, and he put me over for the OVW light heavyweight title. And so I had a long going um, angle with Sean Casey, and then he decided to turn me heel and team us up. And he's like, "I need you guys to work with these guys because they're the ones that WWE's looking at." most and wants to bring up and I need guys like you to help get them there therefore they will be looking at you too mm-hmm. and that was Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar John Cena uh, Batista yeah uh, so you, you, worked, those you worked those guys a lot yeah and where they were really green sure you know, and didn't know nothing and it was um, it was like pulling teeth some nights yeah because don't get me wrong, they're great athletes, but they don't know the concept of professional wrestling. Yeah, especially at that point. Yeah. yeah. Which, we had a lot of trouble about Brock. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't get it. <laughs> anyway, um, just Shelton was real acceptable of critique. And, you know, during a match, I'd say, well, I know you like to do this move, but how about you do it here? Mm-hmm. He'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's really good. And, of course, Randy, you know, it, I, I got to work with his dad before. Yeah. had a great match with him. Oh, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. You know, Bob Orton Jr. And, you know, I used to tell him all the time, I got to work with your dad. And I guess he took a liking to me then. And But, of course, Randy grew up around the business. And he yeah. was real respectful and uh, was acceptable to any ideas me and Sean had. Uh, but the other guys, you know, they they – 
you know, they're already getting a huge six-figure salary yeah. right off the bat. Ain't even done anything. And, of course, I'm here. I'm like, I'm getting my little chump change coming up here and helping you. Yeah. I'm like, you, you know, the least you could do is shut up and accept it, you know. Uh, I'm trying to help you to help myself, but you're getting paid and I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. You know, have a better attitude. So I assume you're on the, the per appearance at that point. Per yeah. appearance deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There'd be some weeks uh, Jim would say, hey, uh, take off this Wednesday, come back the next. Yeah. You know, which those guys, they're there, they're, they're there regardless. They're getting paid regardless. So, so that environment had to be like a lot different than Smoky Mountain because I know Smoky Mountain always did kind of have those ties to WWF as well. But, I mean, OVW was the developmental territory, like pretty established. Right. And, you know, me and Sean Casey still have – uh, we've had conversations about it. We're like, what went wrong? Why didn't we get signed? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But our only conclusion was is that we were like right there, that close. But then the buyout with WCW. Sure. And they sent all those guys they wouldn't do anything with to OVW. And it pushed us non-contract guys out the back mm-hmm. door. And we're like, Jimmy, you know, how come you've... You know, I hadn't worked in three Wednesdays, you know, what's going yeah. on. He's like, I have all these WCW guys. I don't know what to do with them. And he said, I personally don't want to bring you and Sean up and have you work with these big jacked up green guys and getting yourself hurt. Because mm-hmm. I know you got to make a living. you got to continue working. He's like, I, my hands are tied. And that's how me and Sean felt like, you know, we were right there, but then that buyout kind of pushed us out and caused us to be left off the landmark. Yeah. I know you got a lot of looks because you worked several different styles of people on WWE programming. I know S.A. Rios a couple times, uh, I I think D'Lo Brown maybe. So you got a few looks, and it was, like like I said, categorically different styles. Obviously, working S.A. Rios and working D'Lo Brown is a little bit different. Well, that was my first experience working with a guy who didn't really speak that fluent of English. But, um, well, it got to be, uh, it was the jacked, and metal show. Yeah. One show in the morning, one show late at night, but sure. it was the same show. Yes. Well, it got to be, I almost felt, I always made the joke, I'm like, I'm in an angle with S.A. Rios, but the finish is the same. Yeah. Because uh, Tony Gurria was in charge of that, and every time I'd show up as, as an extra, and Tony would be like, oh yeah, Chris, you work well with S.A., right? Yeah, you got S.A. tonight. And I, I always had those matches with him. Then, and I'm like, I got an angle with S.A., you know. And, yeah. Um, he was real young at that point, too. Like, I think he was, like, what, 20, 21. He was a real yeah. young dude. Oh, he was super nice. Yeah. And he, he wanted to let me get some shine in there. You know, he didn't want to just eat me up. He wanted to have a competitive match and all. It, and uh, I thought we made it work, you know. Yeah. I did my job. I made him look like a million dollars and put him over. But he <laughs> – he he let me get a lot of stuff in if you go back and see those matches. What what kind of input did you get or feedback did you get from any of those matches that you thought stood out? Like when you get through the curtain, do you have like, I don't know, a Bruce Pritchard or anybody coming up and saying anything to you or a Jim Ross? Well, like the very first big um show at the Louisville Gardens, that OVW it was OVW slash WWF show mm-hmm. where they had WWF guys work with OVW guys. Like, I think it was like a special appearance from Stone Cold that night. And yeah. uh, 
Kane, and then like they had uh, Nick Dinsmore. He worked with Chris Benoit, and Flash Flanagan worked with Chris Jericho, yeah. and all that. So, well, I remember that one show we opened up. It was a battle royal for the I don't know number one contendership or whoever won was the light heavy OVW yeah. light heavyweight champion, but Cornette fixed it to where. It was left down to me and Sean Casey, so we, then we kind of we lasted through the battle royal, and then we kind of made it a uh, singles match. Yeah. And then whatever the finish, I don't remember what it was, but I remember coming through the curtain afterwards, and um, like Bruce Pritchard was sitting there, and he's like, "Hey, Chris, uh, good stuff." And I'm thinking, "Oh, thanks." And I'm like, "I didn't even know you knew my name or knew who I was," but uh, after one of the matches I had with S.A. Rios, I remember uh, Kevin Kelly's like. Hey Chris, really good stuff with uh, SA. Uh, uh, you've gotten a lot bigger and stuff. Keep keep it up, keep it up. And I would always get told I did good, did great, and encouraged and all that. But you know, just nobody never said, "Hey, sign this." You know? Yeah, I know you were around for some of the early TNA shows as well, and you worked with some guys that were fairly local to here, like the Naturals and and yeah. uh, guys like that. What was that experience like? Who hit you up and said, "Hey, got NWA TNA here." This is a funny story. <laughs> I had a couple tryout matches for um, TNA, which I thought off the bat with the connections I had that mm-hmm. I'd automatically be asked to join the company. Seemed like a good fit. Yeah. Well, um, there's one night I was supposed to wrestle a guy named Rick Michaels. Yeah. Who was a protege of Bill Barron's, who was some, in the office of TNA. Yeah, he did some WWE matches as well. Yeah, then I think he ended up being a seamstress for him or something. Oh, okay. Well, Rick came to me that night, and he's like, hey. He said, I know we're supposed to have a singles. He said, uh, I really don't want to do that. He said, would you mind tagging with me? I'm like, man, I just want to get a job. I want to be seen, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. He said, hang on, I'll be right back. So he went and talked to Bill. Bill fixed it where he and I tagged, and we had a match with um, – they were called the Kingpins, two trainees of Kern Henning. Oh, okay. And we had a really good match with them. Uh, they did the old spot where we were sit down, crotch down in the uh, buckles, and they took their bowling balls and did the thing. <laughs> yeah. Huge pop and all that. Well, after that, they asked me and Rick to come back next week for pay-per-view because it was pay-per-view every yep. Wednesday. Every Wednesday. In Nashville. Well – then we had a match against um, one of the Harris twins and uh, Sonny Siaki. Yeah. And it was um, whoever won that match got a number one contenders match for the NWA World Tag Team titles. They slipped us over in that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit, here we <laughs> Things go. Things are looking good. Yeah. Well, we had the match with uh, Storm and James Storm and Chris Harris, which that was a um, big headache going over through, uh, throughout the day. Because Chris and James were battling over who got what in the match. Among each other, you mean? Yeah. And I remember one of the times uh, Storm got out of the the ring and left. I'm like, what's his problem? (laughs) And Chris said, I I said, "Would would you inform this guy that he's here next week, he's getting guaranteed money, and I'm here week to week? And that for him to be grateful for what he's got and the push he's getting, I said, because this guy used to buy a ticket and watch me in the front row of the Nashville Fairgrounds right here. I'm like, you tell him to straighten it up 
you know. Anyway, and... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, I was told that night we had the best not, best match on the pay-per-view. Yeah. And then we come back the next week. It's a six-way with uh, Storm and Harris, us, me and Rick, and um, Chase and Cassidy, the Naturals. Naturals, okay. yeah. Chase no, Stevens. Not, not the Naturals. Uh, the hot, they were called the Hot Shots. Oh, the Hot Shots. You're right, yeah. yeah. Was that Cassidy and, Riley and Chase Stevens? Yes. There you go. Yes. And then they, they did a blow-off or whatever, and – um, that's when they brought in uh, Brian Lee and Wolfie D. Yeah, as, the uh, disciples, the disciples. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking we're going to do a big four way tag thing here yeah. or whatever. Then I'm told that Rick Michaels has hurt himself permanently and won't be able to wrestle anymore. Oh man! I'm like, okay. So what do we do now? Huh. We'll let you know. Weeks go by. I call up. Uh, Bob Ryder, and I said, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I'm sorry Rick's hurt or out. I'm like, but I'm still here, still available. I'm like, you can give me a different tag partner, or I can do whatever. Seems you would have fit in with almost any combination of those guys. Like, would have been a good right, mold, I think. Right, right. He goes, well, um, then they had, uh, you know, they had a Saturday morning show called Explosion, Explosion still do, yeah. Um, I had a couple matches on. He said, well, let's see how you do singles. He brought me on the explosion. I had a match against Abyss, and then which I helped train that guy Yeah, up here in Georgetown. He's like, I'm sorry, Chris. They told me I can't bump. I'm like, dude, it's cool. Yeah. But we did what we could do. And then uh, I worked a couple other guys and told I did great, great match, whatever. Not another word. So I haven't heard back from them ever since nope how how is your relationship with in like i mean obviously working this area you got like sammy callahan the chris brothers stuff like that that are going to be popping up do you ever hear about like like hear from anybody of influence in that company or from that company hey we might take a look might bring you in something like that because they, they do a lot of collaborative shows too right. in the midwest 
You talking about Impact? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just did one yeah. with um, uh, the Maddox Brothers in UCW, uh, the Sports Center in Owensboro, yeah. Kentucky. Um, I was my event with yeah. um, Johnny, Johnny Morrison, John, John or whatever Morrison. he calls himself now. Yeah, whatever he calls himself. Yeah, that, that Johnny Nitro, night. Johnny, Johnny UCW that night, yeah. probably. Uh, I felt we had a good match, yeah. and Johnny was really good and really respectful. And He's a nice uh, dude. Yeah, he really nice is. It, I pictured him being more of a jerk. Exactly. Than, <laughs> yeah, but I, I was very happy with the match, but nobody said a word to me about nothing since. So, like, you know. when, you, when you got the word that you would be headlining that show and it'd have the impact type of stamp on it, were you surprised? Not surprised you'd be in the main event, but surprised that it had the impact stamp on it, so to speak. Um, well, I'm I'm good buddies with the Maddox brothers, mm-hmm. so if they're up to something, they kind of give me a yeah. leak before they do anybody else or put it out there. Because sometimes they ask my opinion, they're like, hey, what do you think about yeah. this? Like, shh, you know, don't tell nobody, <laughs> but this is what we're thinking about doing. And I'll be like, ah, I don't know if you should do that or not. Or I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, yeah. do it. And uh, he sent me the picture of the impact thing, and I'm like, well, I don't know how y'all doing that business-wise as far as numbers go, the gate and yes. all that, but if you're doing it, get your name out there. I'm like, yeah, go for Makes it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I was really surprised that they put me in the main event against Johnny. I, I actually felt, oh, wow. Yeah. Part of me is like, it's about damn time. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. But then I was like, that's really cool that yeah. y'all thought that, I would help on that level, you know. So no word on, like, what Impact thought of that or if they they had said anything? Because I know that sometimes, like, say I'm talking to Larry D, and he says that a lot of the the Twitch streams that he's been at, that he's worked on, like, Callus or Damore or Josh Matthews will be there and will say something. Did you get any of that type of feedback at all? No. um, I saw Scott Damore that night. So they were there. Yeah. Yeah, hi, hello. I know Chase Stevens was talking to him quite a bit. Sure. I, that, he probably knows him a lot better than I do. Yeah, he was. He um, worked there for quite a while. Right. But um, not, no, no, nobody from the TNA office said anything to me as far as, hey, it was a good match you had with Johnny, which yeah. I talked with Johnny. Johnny was very happy with it, he said and claimed, yeah. and uh, real respectful and, and all that. Um, we took a picture together and – Hey, it was great. Hope to do it again soon. You know, hope to see you down the road. Blah blah blah. So, at, right before our interview, you held a seminar. What do you? How? Uh, how can I frame this? How long have you been doing seminars, teaching? How far in did you do that? And when did you realize that you had a knack for it? Because sometimes, best wrestlers in the world can't be can't teach worth a lick. But right. everything I've heard of you is that you've got a real knack for it, and people seem to enjoy learning from you. Well, that that's funny. Um, I, d- I do have a few people that I've personally trained myself that yeah. I'm like I'm really proud of. Um, a guy by the name of Real Deal Derek Neal. Yeah, I'm very proud of saying yes, I trained that guy. Uh, and then you know I don't. A lot of people think that I say this or whatever. I didn't train John Cena and Randy Orton. Yeah. I helped polish them up. My deal with those guys was I would have TV matches with them, and then uh, I'd help them lay out their stuff. And then after the match, I would tell them, hey, you could have done this there, should have done that there, blah, blah, blah. Cornette allowed us that freedom. Yeah. And then we would have him in on the critique after, and he would 
either agree or disagree. Yeah. That 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 was what I did with those guys. But he hadn't Sean and I worked with those guys on a more recent basis than anybody because he felt that we were the best to help them get to where they needed to be. Yeah. The experience uh, factor. Right. Um as far as the seminar stuff goes, um I never dreamed that I would have I've always been a shy, naive guy. Never really spoke my opinion. But I think, you know, I finally blossomed and came out of my shell and I'm I'm better at like I can go out there in front of thousands of people and grab the mic as a heel, especially if I'm in my character and I can talk all night long. Yeah. But if you ask me, hey, you need to give a speech in front of these ten people or you know, I'm a nervous wreck. I feel you. Uh but on an on another uh, another way to look at it, um, I remember WWE hired Bobby Eaton beautiful Bobby yeah. Eaton to be a trainer or whatever but then they're like Bobby is so good and so natural at what he does he can't teach it mm -hmm. he's like I don't know I just did it you know? yeah he's like how did you do that move I don't know I just did it second nature hard, to him yeah it's hard for you some people they're just so good at it, they can't teach it it's just hard for them and uh, you know now with social media and all that, I see there's so many people or veterans or whatever putting their input and yeah. you know you see posts, um, hey guy, hey wrestlers, uh, if you want to do this, you need to do this, this and this. And I'm only thinking like, what, what if what if social media was back in, when Ric Flair and Steamboat were going <laughs> yeah. at it and you had all these critiques and all that. I'm Nobody like, needs to go 60 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> or. Why does Ric Flair talk in a suit? He needs to wear a T-shirt and tennis shoes. You, know, you got to sell I mean? his merch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, you know, I'm labeled a veteran or whatever, but if somebody wants my opinion, I'll give it to them. Yeah. But I'm not going out because, to me, yes, there's a lot of things in pro wrestling that's black and white. Yes, you should do this. No, you shouldn't do that. But I feel there's a lot of gray areas. Mm -hmm. And – Oh, I'm reading some of this advice and stuff. I'm like, all you're doing is just stirring people wrong. And I'm like, if somebody wants to know my opinion on it, I'm no expert, but I have been around a while. And if you want to know what I know or what I think is right, then ask me and I'll tell you. So you made a trip down to Orlando to the Performance Center recently, yeah? Uh, yes, the end of April. Uh, what was that experience like and, and who reached out to you to, to make that happen? Actually, I have to give thanks to my son. Who's, who's uh, also involved in show business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, walking Dead. No. Uh, a little, little show. Yeah, little, just a little, little show, little walk, show. Of The Walking Dead. Yeah. But uh, he does my emails for me. Yeah. Like emailing people, posing as me. He'll email people. <laughs> yeah. He's always trying to help Dad out. Well, he had emailed them down there, and it had been months ago. And one day he called me up and I didn't answer right away and he messaged he said 911 oh gosh and I'm like oh my god what's wrong with him or one yeah. of the grandkids and uh, finally I called him back he said you're going to Orlando you're going to Orlando and I'm like what for we all oh, we're going back to Universal Studios I miss it <laughs> Harry like, Potter world yeah he's like no no he said uh, you're going to the performance center they want to bring you down as a guest coach I'm like who why why <laughs> who and Anyway, that's that's how it came about, and um, 
we had they wanted me for a certain for a certain week and i told them i couldn't do that and i'm like would uh but after that i'm free and then they shot me another week and i'm like yes i'll do it and then brought me down they flew me down and you know put me up and went to the performance center every day and had to a uh, live performance show uh at the performance center where all they get you know they yeah. look at and they get in front of all the coaches and everything and all the boys and uh put on a show yeah. to get practice or whatever and then thursday and friday were live nxt shows and uh i was in charge of um, being an agent for a match on there yeah each one of those and uh, it, w it was an awesome experience i was treated great and treated like i was one of them and all the guys were um, receptive of my critique and actually asked me questions and stuff and made me feel really special. And I felt really good about it. And, and of course, uh, Matt Bloom told me, he said, uh, when you get home, shoot me an email and let me know what how your week went. And, yeah. And I shot him one. And I said, hey, if spot ever opens up, yeah. I'd be glad to move down here. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. But uh, I was standing on the side of the ring. We were watching something going on, and I was standing there next to uh, Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah, Scotty Scott Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, and uh, he goes, I don't know about you, Chris. He said, <laughs> I'm glad I came up the way I did, and <laughs> me and you did. And he said, if I had to go through all this, just be a pro, I don't know if I'd do it or not. Because <laughs> they're there from morning to night. Yeah. I mean, just nonstop. It, 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 it's a factory to yeah. bred wrestlers. Oh, and yeah. They're constantly training. Then I'm working out with these two guys from India, and they can't speak English, and they, then uh, I'm just showing them the basics. Lock sure. up, uh, reverse this, reverse that. And they, okay, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we go English class now. Yeah. And, and then I'm in this classroom, and we're watching everybody's matches, and uh, they're stopping. They're like, okay, what could you have done here? And I'm like, God, I wish I had access yeah. to all this and I was coming up, you know. It, it's just it's something else. It's another world. Yeah, the way that uh, Shane Helms had always told me and it says it pretty publicly, he's glad that he came up the way he did. That way people now don't have to. And mm -hmm. he does wish that he had the benefit of all that stuff. But right. was there anybody there that kind of stood out to you that you were like, man, like you just saw what they were doing and you're like, yeah, they're probably going to be money. Um, Man. I would love to tell you. I can picture yeah. him in my head, but I don't know the guy's name. I'm sure he's been on NXT TV by now. But it, I, I think he was a, a Samoan guy. Yeah. Or he, um, dark skin, but he had long bleach blonde hair. Oh, okay. Um, I watched him working. He did a workout match. Uh, actually, Sheamus was there. Kona Reeves. Is that him? Kona Reeves would be his name. He did a workout match with Sheamus in the ring because I think Sheamus was being hurt. Yeah. Uh, he came there and did some cardio, mm -hmm. but then he got in the ring with him, and they were doing some stuff, and I'm like, that guy's good. Yeah. Because he had personality, the look, and uh, his just his timing in the ring. I'm like, that, yeah. that guy's going to be good. That That's who stuck out to me. Did you get in the soft ring and do any, like, springboard 450s? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I helped with um, – uh, Robbie Brookside's yeah. class. He deals with all the beginners and all that. And he said, uh, asked me if I'd been in that ring yet. I'm like, no. He said, come over here. And I got in there. I'm like, oh, man, if I had access to yeah. this when I was a kid, ain't no telling what I'd be doing oh, off yeah. the top rope now. <laughs> because, you know, back then it's just, you know, it's still a real ring. But all give. you had was um, 
the foam egg carton thing yeah. that she had wrapped up, then you could practice elbow drops and stuff sure. on. But you didn't have no soft stuff to, you know, if you landed wrong, it wouldn't hurt you. Yeah. So um, back then, you know, it was a gamble. But if I had access to that, I'd probably be doing a lot more stuff off top rope. Yeah. Than I do now. We mentioned your son. He's got his, his foot in the door in show business and obviously a career in wrestling and pursuing show business in that manner could be in the future. Obviously, your daughter's a big wrestling fan. That's how we know each other. What are you going to say if, like, in a few years she's like, hey, Dad, I'm ready to take some bumps? <laughs> you know, it's weird. Uh, I always thought my son would want to get in there, but I don't know. He – he looks like a star too, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a rock star. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know he he lives it up. But I think this is me personally talking my opinion. Uh, you'd have to ask him, but I think he don't want to. Even though I've had semi success, whatever, mm-hmm. I think he would feel if he climbed in the ring that he would be under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to perform as good as me or Possibly way better too like yeah. you, you never know yeah kind of like the whole david flair thing exactly and, uh, and i don't think he wanted to live through that but uh i don't know he just has the smarts like he he loves the music industry yeah. i used to play drums i love the music industry too i would love to go back playing drums one day <laughs> yeah but he he wants to produce yeah be behind the scenes behind the camera and I think he has a real knack for that. Like, he, he's always throwing ideas at me for what I do. Like, hey, Dad, you should do this. Hey, Dad, you should wear that. You know, he he's good at that instead of being a performer himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think that's the way he went. But as far as my daughter goes, oh, my gosh. I thought <laughs> he and I were obsessed with the business. Ever since she laid eyes on Becky Lynch, she is like, lives sleeps eats and breathes it and um and then we went to a live show at diddle arena in bowling green yeah and she was hooked like we we've had to um like if you don't straighten up if you don't get it together (laughs) no more becky lynch no more wrestling you ain't watching wrestling no more if you it's like if if we can't that well there was point in time she's okay now but if there was a point in time we couldn't watch monday night raw i'm like i record it we'll watch it later on the week sure uh, three hour show too my, my <laughs> dad have our shows on monday night and yeah. we're recording it though but if we promise she could watch the pay-per-view or during the pay-per-view because it's always on a sunday gotta go to school on monday if she happened to miss becky's lynch match that night if it was after she had to go to bed she pout. Of course, like, yeah. Straighten it up or no more Becky Lynch. <laughs> like, she's obsessed. Um, she's very athletic. She's very tall. And she said, she says to this day that's what she wants to do. If that's what she wants to do, I will back her up and support her. If I she, think she'd be great at it. Yeah, considering the leaps that women's wrestling has made in the mainstream in the last few years, does yeah. that make you more optimistic? Yeah, it does. And her whole overall attitude mm-hmm. like she says stuff to me and she's like uh, well dad that day i main event wrestlemania uh, that's awesome uh when i get that big house and when i get that money she said i know you always wanted to go to paris and see the Eiffel tire she goes Eiffel tower i'm gonna take yeah. you 
or um, and I always tell you, I go when you get your big house, save dad a room in the basement, uh, and that that's all. She talks like that's her destiny yeah. right now at 13 years old. When all the other 13 year old girls are into boys and sure. wanting to date and all that, and that she she's drawing on a piece of paper uh, yeah. what her outfit's going to look like and what colors. Yeah. And she'll say, "Hey, Dad, what do you think of that?" If I wore that tutoring, yeah, that's what she's into, and all. I'm like, "Whoo, that's some passion there." I'm like, "Yeah, no that, kidding." That that uh blows me out of the water. Well, clearly a talented family, and if they want to follow you on social media, or people, uh, as we wrap up, let them know where they can follow you. Um, well, I have a Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Um. I apologize. We, I hey, we it. can put the handle right down here, oh. right now, right here. Well, I know Facebook is under Chris Michaels. <laughs> uh, Instagram, I think, is Chris Michaels seventy three. Yeah, and uh, Twitter may be the same thing. Yeah, I believe I Twitter is the same thing. Uh, he's he's a good follow. Always, uh, I always see you helping people out. I always see you giving good feedback and and good notes as well. But, uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank and, you so much. Uh, this probably won't be the last time we talk on camera. Hope but, not. But, guys, make sure you give him a follow. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.